Hello out there. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. And how are you today? Welcome to the latest installment of the Man Cave Huddle. I'm your host, Greg. So, um, the basketball playoffs are upon us. And the games have been very good. The games have been very competitive. There's been a little bit of drama here and there as to be expected, but nothing out of the realm of reality. You had uh, Draymond Green catching a technical foul for pulling somebody to the ground. I mean, in the good old days, that was just a regular foul, but it's the new NBA, so it's the technical foul. Did he get it based on his reputation? I think so. But, I mean, tis what it is. Now, Dylan Brooks, he hit some dude while he was in the air, and the player broke his elbow. That deserves an intention because when he wound up and hit the guy in the head, I didn't see any safety taken. And more so, I'm trying to send a message by whacking this guy in the head, and unfortunately, he got hurt. But be specifically in this matchup between the Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies, what I'm seeing is is that the Memphis Grizzlies can, they have the the the, the maybe not the level of firepower, but they can keep up with the Warriors when it comes to scoring. They can keep up with the Warriors, and they're faster and they're more athletic. And they got some players that can defend and rebound. And they got a deep bench. They provide a lot of problems for the Warriors. The one thing and the one detriment and the Achilles heel for the Warriors that's going to be remaining consistent throughout the playoffs is their ability to get big rebounds because of their lack of height. When they choose to put Jordan Poole into the starting lineup and it's not because anyone else is playing bad, it's because Jordan Poole's playing so damn good. And then you have Curry and then you have Wiggins, and then you have Klay Thompson, and then they put Draymond at the five. Draymond is always is an undersized stretch four. Now he's a supersized, undersized big man. And Memphis, I don't know if they have what it takes, but this could be a very interesting series because they're not scared. They are not scared at all. When I look at the Suns in Dallas, Chris Paul is out here just giving a master class to... Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Chris Paul is great. And all he's doing is basically saying, hold my hand. And I'm going to walk you over here and show you what greatness looks like. Because uh, Chris Paul, as long as he's healthy, he is a really, really, really good player, man. Great player is Chris Paul. As long as he remains healthy. Another intriguing series for me is the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. Milwaukee won up into Boston for game one and kind of slapped them up. Boston in game two slapped up uh, Milwaukee. Now it seems as though both teams have made their adjustments. It's going to be interesting to see how Boston plays Milwaukee because when I look at um, when I look at Milwaukee, they're such a well-oiled machine. Giannis is such a great player. They have depth. Everybody knows their role. Everybody knows where it's to be. Whenever Giannis gets in trouble, he knows where to look for the kickout three. And Boston, look, they've been to the conference finals before. They're a playoff-tested team. They're one of the best defensive units in the NBA. It's going to be incumbent upon them to basically out-execute the Bucs because the Bucs, 
their execution is flawless. They know what they're doing and how to do it. It's just all about making or missing for them. But that's going to be a very intriguing series. And with Miami, I, I, I think they just going to um, 76 to 76ers, 86 to 76ers, and just, uh, you know, the Heat. When you watch the Heat play, they're like a team of 15 guys that play the same way. There's no superstar, but they're just like 15 guys, and they all play the same way. Jimmy Butler, like I said, there's no Jimmy Butler is not a superstar. He's a star. But in saying that, a lot of their players, you're like, yo, who? They, they, you know who they remind me of? They remind me of the Patriots in that when you're watching them, you're like, yo, who are these dudes, man? Where did this guy? You, you, you're watching the Heat game Googling players. Like, yo, where did this guy go to school? When did he get drafted? Where did he get drafted? And that's another thing. He got a lot of players on their roster that were not drafted. Have the culture that they have over there, the way that they choose to develop their players and put them in situations to succeed and get players from the outside that fit men- mentally wise what they're trying to do. Man, Pat Riley got that heat thing running real, real, real smooth. Um, you know. I was I was actually picking, um, you know, as I had said a while ago, I was picking um, Phoenix and Milwaukee to rematch. And then what happened? You had uh, Booker get hurt, and then you had Middleton get hurt on the Bucks, And you had players on Phoenix step up, and you had Grayson Allen stepping up for Milwaukee. I know that there are all these other teams that are really good in the playoffs, I still see Milwaukee and Phoenix on this collision course for a rematch. I'm just saying. Now, I know I'm a week late, but I got something to say. Um, Let's talk about this NBA draft, NBA, NFL draft. Um, The one thing that you were hoping for when you were going to watch your team pick their picks, especially in the state of New York, you felt like, hey, man, I just hope they don't mess this up and they pick players where at least you could have good football. Nobody in New York is expecting their team to make it to the Super Bowl next year, let alone make it to the playoffs. What you want is just a solid, competitive, productive team. When I look at the draft picks that the New York Giants made, they picked Kayvon Kayvon Thibodeau. The one thing I'll say about Kayvon is this. You know, coming from New York, Northeast, it gets cold out here in the end of October, early November. He's coming from L.A., L.A., big city of dreams. Played in the Big 12. I mean, Big 12, the Pac-12. You know, right off bat, you start thinking of, yo, can Pac-12 players really hang on the East Coast? Is it really, is he tough enough, so on and so forth? I will say this. Kayvon coming out of high school was the number two overall recruit. When he went to... Oregon, as a defensive end slash edge rusher, he, for his three years, was atop everyone's board, All-American, All-Pac-12, consistent. He was, I think, sacking players, I think, something at a rate of 30 sacks at 50 games, something like that. But my point is, is that coming into this year, he was projected to be the number one overall pick, and then he dropped to five. What I'm seeing is a lot of consistency. The level may step up. The competition may step up. But his greatness 
steps up. And hopefully that can still remain true. And if he is the edge rusher that the Giants have been searching for since the days of LT, and now you sprinkle in a little Aziz Ojolari, Lenny Williams in the middle with a little sexy Dexy in, 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 uh, on the end, you might have something. I'm not saying the Giants are going to be back. You might have something. And then with the seventh pick in the first round, they clap back and they address an area of need with the offensive tackle, Evan Neal out of Alabama. Usually they say you're supposed to pick the best player available, but what the Giants did is they drafted two players that are extremely talented in areas of need. And these are two players that you could sit there and say, Day one, Pestles them is being a starter. They're going to help our team get to where we're trying to go. And then you got other players like Wondell Robinson, um, Cordell Flott. You had uh, Dan Belton. You know, a lot of defensive players. Darian Beavers. Pay attention to that name. Darian Beavers, linebacker out of Cincinnati. He's the type of player. He doesn't display a lot of individual talent. But he just knows how to make plays from the linebacker position. He may not jump off the screen and say, wow, look at this or look at that or look at this or look at that. But when a big play needs to be made, for some reason, I saw Beavers make a lot of those plays. I'm happy with the Giants draft pick. Uh, draft, I think they drafted players that obviously some will be developmental. But with key picks early in the draft, they drafted for areas of need, which will provide an immediate impact on the team next year. Now going for the team that plays in green, these guys for me had the way better draft, not just compared to the Giants, maybe in the NFL. I mean, you got the best corner in the draft in uh, Sauce Gardner, Ahmad Sauce Gardner. With a name like Sauce, you got to be in New York. There's just too much endorsement money that you're leaving on the table where you say Sauce Gardner. So you got him, right? Then... You got the number one cornerback. Then you clap back with the 10th pick, and you couldn't acquire D.B. Samuel. So they drafted Garrett Wilson, who was the number one wide receiver going into the draft. That Think about that. You got the number one cornerback, number one wide receiver. Then they traded back into the first round to do what? Draft Jermaine Johnson, a defensive end edge rusher. Jermaine Johnson, a lot of people felt, Right after Kayvon Thibodeau, he was right there. He could have gone top 10, top 5. And he's got him at 26. And they, the, the Jets aren't done yet. With their first pick in the second round, they got Brees Hall, who many felt is the not only the best running back in this draft, he is a type of player that could have been taken in the first round. But nowadays, you just not draft the running backs in the first round. So now you got yourself two players at the top of the draft that were the best at their position. A player who was extremely talented but was slipping, not because of some major issue, but there are some players that dropped for some, whatever reason. And then you have arguably the best running back in a draft. And then what do you do? You clap back with more. Jeremy Rueckert. Tight end out of Ohio State. And then they got, you know, a little Max Mitchell uh, tackle from Louisiana. And Michael Clemens, a defensive end from Texas A&M. But my point is, is that with the quarterback, Zach Wilson, you wanted to sit there and help him on both sides of the ball. Now you got yourself a cornerback 
and Sauce Gardner. Jermaine Johnson, your edge rusher. What'd you do to help your quarterback? You got him a wide receiver and a running back. Now you're beginning to see the Jets build as a team. It's going to be very fun over the next couple of years to watch football in New York. And I can't wait, baby. I can't wait. So um, thank you for listening to this episode. And as I do with every episode, I want to leave you a quote. Um, I'm going to leave you a couple quotes here from my man, Bob Proctor. He's uh, the, the, the secret movie, a whole bunch of stuff. He's been a great inspiration to me. One is... Uh, don't expect a great day. Create one. Be brave enough to start a conversation that matters. And lastly, the ability to self-motivate is a cornerstone of true wealth. Y'all stay up. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye.